Good day, folks. What the fuck's going on? Old Coxie here with the Cox Talks podcast. He's back. He's feeling better than ever. He's fucking ready to rock and roll. So listen, let's get something out of the way early. You're going to notice a difference in the audio today. And here's why. I'm recording over my Blue Parrot headset because I owe you guys a podcast. I don't know when I'm going to get time to sit down behind my microphone and do one. So I'm doing one while I drive to the fucking hammer. Got a big load of corn going to P&H hammer. Eh? Got the fucking pedal to the floor on the old 378 Peterbilt here, eh? Just fucking banging queers and grabbing gears. I mean, I mean, crushing beers and grabbing gears. So apologies on the audio quality. Grit your teeth and fucking bear it. You want quality Cox Talks programming? You want cream of the crop Cox Talks programming? You're just going to have to battle your way through this, all right? And you're going to have to fucking like it, all right? So apologies for being late on dropping this episode, episode 23. No, episode 24, the Chris Chelios of the Cox Talks podcast. Just a grit grinder episode. I got some stuff I want to go over. It's on my mind. And my problem was I felt like if I waited to get to a microphone, a proper microphone to record a proper podcast, I felt like it wouldn't be as good. Because it's early morning. My mind is fresh. So here we go. Planting season. The boys at Coxland Farms have uh, we're 30 acres away from having our own crop in the ground. We've got about 250 acres of custom work left. That's okay. It's down in what we call the mark of mud here in Ontario. And it just, you know what, Saturday, Sunday, it had just hit prime time, ready to go. And then we got all that rain on Monday. So a couple more days and the boys will be wrapped up. So we had a really good week. I don't know, would we have 12, 14 days there in a row of just prime planting opportunity? And my brother and I and the hired man and my dad, we were able to hammer some acres in the fucking ground. She's fucking go time, boys, eh? Like, just fucking, just banging the fucking seed in there. So that was good. Um, good run. One of, one of maybe the best runs we've ever had. Uh, we are not BTOs by any means. Um, but hey, we do our best, alright? We hang around in the conversation. We're, the Cox boys aren't afraid of a little fucking hard work, alright? When she's go time, fuck, put us in, coach, eh? Put us in. So yeah, so we're almost done, and I was thinking as I was driving here, a little bit of a fucking pet peeve during planting season, okay? And this actually happens during harvest season, it can happen during haying season. It always seems to fucking happen. So you're at a field somewhere and you're parked close to the road there and you're loading the drill or you're loading the fucking planter or you're fixing the discs or you're fueling something. You're doing fucking something, all right? And somebody's always got to fucking drive by and tell you how much fucking smarter they are than you. And this fucking drives me nuts, okay? So... You're filling with fertilizer, or you're loading the planter, or whatever, and some fucker's got to stop. And they wants to shoot the shit, right? But really, they want to stop and shoot the shit because, A, they're being fucking nosy, and, B, they basically want to tell you that they're a better farmer than you. Or, in some cases, just flat out a better fucking human being. 
So, ah, oh, fuck, what are you planting here, boys? Fucking, you're planting fucking stardust, you fucking idiot. That's a corn planter. What the fuck does it look like? Now I know. You can plant beans with a corn planter, but fuck, it's the 6th of May. What do you think we're fucking planting? Well, fucking, why, what the fuck, why would you plant corn here this early? Well, because the conditions are right. Well, why would you fucking plant the field like this? Why wouldn't you put your corn over there and your fucking soybeans here? And Why wouldn't you turn this field and farm it that way? Well, because fuck you, that's why, actually. Also, because mind your own goddamn business, get back in your truck and fuck off. There's always got to be some, and and I hate to say it, I hate to say it, it's always got to be a member of what I call the older generation of farming telling two younger farmers everything they're fucking doing wrong and everything they should be doing different. You know what? Only about two out of ten old farmers, in my opinion, will take the fucking time to ask questions because they're generally interested and because, believe it or not, there are some older generation farmers out there that actually believe that they can learn something from us younger farmers. But the majority of those old pricks... They got to stand there and tell you everything you're doing wrong and everything you should be doing instead of what you're doing. And it's just, it's fucking annoying. Like, I don't know if guys did it to them back in fucking 1942 when they were young farmers or what, but, and that's the other thing too. I don't mean to just pick on the older generation of farmers here, but there's, there's guys in the younger gen, there's young farmers out there. And I mean, I was one of them too, that are fucking know-it-alls and they're going to tell you what you should be doing different and what you're doing wrong because you know maybe they farm in a different region of the province or or maybe they whatever and that's the other thing is a lot of people don't realize that if let's say your farm is in one place that farming 10 15 20 25 miles away is completely different than farming in the field where you're fucking standing having your conversation it could be different five miles away from where you're standing because, believe it or not, the land lies a little different. It's a different soil type. Maybe there is a slight fucking climate change from the actual field where you're standing. And a lot of people don't understand. A lot of farmers don't understand. They think that farming in Saskatchewan is the same as farming in Manitoba or farming in Moose Jaw is the same as farming in High River, Alberta or so on and so forth. You know what I'm getting at. Just, you know what, if you're a young farmer, if you're an old farmer who stops to shoot the shit, to visit with another farmer, keep your fucking mouth shut, okay? I, a bit of a fucking rant here right off the hop, a little hot, but you know what, unless you're generally interested, unless you want to learn something, okay, don't tell other people how to fucking do their jobs, all right? Would you, would you go into your accountant's office and tell them how to do their job? Well, yeah, you probably would, because those ignorant bastards, not the accountants, accountants are not ignorant bastards. I'm talking about these, these farmers who like to tell everybody what they're doing wrong. Those ignorant bastards are the smartest men in the world, or women. Just fucking ask them. I just, a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. If you want to stop and shoot the shit in the field, stop and shoot the shit. Don't fucking tell us how smart you are and how fucking good you are at farming, okay? And that's just going to lead me to another point, all right? And this is something that happened to me on the weekend, too. I'm running hot right off the bat here. So we were going pretty hard there for a couple of days, and we got to a spot where, believe it or not, we were kind of out of dry ground, and 
you heard me say earlier, we've got about 250 acres left. Well, it's down in what we call the mark of mud. <clears throat> so it is seven to 10 days behind our land on our home farm. So generally, we're able to finish planting um, at home and then move to Markham. And by the time we get down there, it's bang. It's just perfect, right? So Sunday, beautiful day here in Ontario. I decided to get my sea out <clears throat> and uh, go for a rip. You know, it's been a long 12 to 14 days. It's time for a little R&R, okay? There's one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to open up that Markham mud before it's going to rain because then you just, and with the price of fuel these days, you just, it's not worth it. Because if you open it up and it gets rained on, guess what? You gotta open her up again. Let her fucking dry out. So I took the day and I posted a bit of a fucking pot stirring video on Twitter. And again, the fucking people come out of the woodwork. Wow, it's not fucking rain and shouldn't you be in the field? Ha ha ha. Cause I guess if the sun's shining, farmers shouldn't fucking take days off, right? If the sun's shining, farmers should be working. I, even if there's nothing to do, find something to do, because you're a farmer and it's sunny out, so you should be working, right? Because heaven forbid a farmer goes out and enjoys the fucking sunshine. Heaven forbid a farmer goes out and enjoys a nice day with his girlfriend or his family or whatever, okay? And then and then people jump on, oh, fuck, well, must be nice to have new toys. Must be nice to have a fucking cottage that you can go to on a lake. I don't know many dairy farmers that have a fucking cottage. Well, I do. I actually know quite a few dairy farmers that have cottages. But back to you should only work. I guess dairy farmers should just work in the barn, work themselves to death. You should never leave the barn if you're a dairy farmer, first of all, according to people on Twitter. You should never leave the barn if you're a dairy farmer. You should always be working, and you shouldn't spend any extra money that you may earn from your hard work on toys so you can enjoy your free fucking time. Nope, you shouldn't do that. You should live in the barn. The sun's shining. You should be working. How dare you allegedly own a cottage, which we don't. Our family does not own a cottage. Okay, but back to my point. I know lots of fucking dairy farmers that have cottages, and uh, neighbors specifically, they, they own a cottage. And guess what? They've figured out a way, and God bless them for doing this. They have figured out a way to have a work-life balance. They get to the cottage. They get their time off. They go on trips, whatever. And guess what? They've got one of the most well-managed farms in the region. So don't fucking sit there and tell me, I don't know many dairy farmers that don't they have a cottage. How can you have time off? I guess if you have a fucking cottage and you're a dairy farmer, I guess you're a shitty dairy farmer is what I'm picking up on. Or you're really rich, too. That's the thing. Now, I know some of you out there that are listening, follow me on Twitter, and were, were uh, involved in this conversation on Twitter, or you were watching the conversation, or whatever. I know some of you guys threw out some harmless jabs out there, and, and I'm lucky enough, I can sift through the bullshit. I can tell what's sarcastic and what's just a fun little poke, and I can tell these guys that actually legitimately think like, well, how dare he have a cottage? Must be a bad dairy farmer. Must be lazy. Must have too much money. Well, you know where you guys can fucking go with that idea. All right? So, listen. That's my little fucking rant off the hop about farmers and Twitter and and whatever. Pretty hot off the top. I apologize. Again, I apologize for the auto, audio. 
But um, I I shouldn't say I just got up. I've been up for like I don't know an hour or two. I don't I don't even know. I don't even fucking know anymore. Um, yeah. So listen, as per usual, questions, comments, concerns, dilemmas, please throw them out on my social media at the Cox Talks Podcast on um Instagram. Check it out there. That's where I do most of my interaction with with fans. It's just I I don't know the the email thing didn't work out. I think it's just because whatever. Who cares actually? Questions, comments, concerns, dilemma. Reach out. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor Dofsky. And as I always say, if you're one of the lucky ones that has my personal number, reach out with a text. Whatever. Um, I'm I'm all for it. I love the feedback. Love the feedback. Keep it coming. Furthermore, moving on, got to do something this weekend I haven't got to do in a long time. It was fun. It was awesome. I went to a Jack and Jill. And everybody knows that because of COVID and all that fucking jazz, we haven't had Jack and Jill's, Buck and Doe's, Stag and Doe's, Benefit Dances, whatever you want to call them. We haven't had those in quite some time. And let me tell you. Old Coxie boy out of time, all right? So for those of you, I'm not sure, like, Jack and Jill's, that's what we call them in our general area, I don't think are a thing in Western Canada. I don't know if they're a thing in the United States. And all across Ontario, they're called something different. Some places call them a buck and doe. Some people call them a stag and doe, a Jack and Jill. I've heard them just referred to as a social before, but uh, what it is for those listening that aren't sure, what it is when a new when a when a young couple gets engaged and they're going to get married, they uh, their wedding party throws them a dance, and at the dance, you know, there's a bar, cash bar, there's a bar, there's door prizes, there's raffles, there's silent auctions, there's toonie tosses. I've seen crown and anchor. I've seen uh, lots of ways, and, all, and and that's exactly what it is. It's a way for the for the couple to raise money, to use money towards their wedding or or however they see fit to use it. Um, yeah, so you go, and it's usually it's usually you know at the fucking at the armory or the legion or the community hall. This one was on the uh, ice surface of the Sunderland Arena. Uh, a lot, a lot of you get out into uh, Western Ontario and stuff. A lot of Jack and Jills on on the ice surfaces at arenas because they're big events. Everybody comes out because in a lot of these small towns, there's no bar, right? You're you're a long way from the city. There's literally nothing else to do. So even if you don't know who's getting married, you're going to the fucking Jack and Jill because you know it's a place to get cheap drinks. It's like five drinks for twenty bucks. I think it is. Usually, typically, you go over, you buy your tickets, and you're set up for the night, right? So, haven't been able to do this for a long time, and it was fucking good to get out. I love a good Jack and Jill. Let me fucking tell you. You get in, and you can feel, like, as soon as you walk through the doors, you can feel the vibe, right? Like, you know you're going to have some drinks. You know you're going to have a visit with some people that you don't see enough, or you don't see very often, or whatever, you're, and you're just, it's just going to be a good time. And here's the thing, Sunderland Arena is a local hot spot for these type of functions in our general area. And let me tell you, 
Sunderland Arena is fucking undefeated uh, against Old Coxie. I have not been able to go to a function at that fucking venue and not leave in an absolute puddle. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. It gets the best of me every time. It's like I said, you get you get up there in the Lions Club, they're fucking slinging drinks behind the bar, and drinks are cheap, and the, they pour the vodkas a little strong, and the Bud Light's ice cold, and I got zero self-control, and it's it's always a good time, so... But uh, one thing I noticed is I was like a fucking, like the last couple of years, like we haven't had any of these events, right? They've been, they've been nil because of COVID. And Saturday night, I, uh, I'd been done planting beans, so I did some spraying. I sprayed some wheat on Saturday and got the sprayer, got the sprayer shut down for the night and had a nice supper and decided we were going to go to this Jack and Jill with my better half. And um, I could just feel like I could feel it sinking into my veins. I was like a fucking caged animal. It's like it's like I've been caged up for, you know, two years. And the old lady there, she opened the cage. And she said, come on out, little kitty kitty. Come, come on out, little kitty kitty, and play. And I was like a fucking, it's like I've been in this cage for two years, and people are walking by, and they're rattling the cage, and they're dragging a stick across the bars, and... You know, they're teasing me with a good time and shit. And as I walked into that place, I don't even think I stopped to say hello to anybody. It was right to the drink ticket table. $40 worth of tickets. Uh, drink tickets. And then just straight to the Bud Light. Stayed off the vodka. I'd been drinking Bud Light while we watched Game 7 of the, of the Leafs Tampa series. And we're going to get into that a little later. But got on the Bud Lights. Got on the Bud Lights early. And, uh, <laughs> fuck, she was, I just talked it. I floored it. It was fucking awesome. But I just, I just, I needed to get out. I'm a social butterfly. I needed to get out and converse with people and, and talk to people and have a good time and laugh with people and met some Cox Talks fans. That was great. A, a, a young lady, very vibrant, very pregnant. Came up and introduced herself to me. She's a big Cox Talks fan. Had no fucking idea who she was until she told me who she was. And then I figured out she was my buddy's wife. So that was cool. But the... Well, how, how did you not know her if she's your buddy's wife? Well, because COVID, you dumb fuck. I haven't seen him in two years. And he got married like two years ago and I'd never met her and fucking whatever. And fuck you. Anyways. So yeah, met some Cox Talks fans and... Let me tell you, by the end of the night, and this, this always happens too, my old lady was fucking mad at me because she she wanted to go home. And here's the thing. When when I when I want to go home, when I'm at one of these events and I want to go home, it's like, now. We're leaving now. And if you don't come with me, you can find a ride home. Blah, blah, blah. But dragging me, especially when I've been into the fucking pops, dragging me out of one of these events, is like trying to drag a skank out of Le Chateau during fucking sale season. And I, yeah, that's right. I said that skanks shop at Le Chateau. If you shop at Le Chateau, you're a skank. And guess what? Everybody, everybody loves skanks. So I'm okay with it. Anyways, so she's having a hard time getting me out of here. So she actually, 
Unlock the truck. I'm going to sit in the truck. Okay, so I had the keys in my pocket. Wasn't driving. Don't drink and drive. Wasn't driving. So I unlocked the truck. She went and she sat in the truck, and I could feel my phone blowing up. And I knew it was her texting me, saying, Come on, let's go, let's go. I wouldn't, I wasn't having any of it. Fuck that. No fucking way. So I'm out back now. I'm out back in the arena. They've, they've shut the dance down. They've kicked everybody off the ice surface. The wedding party, they're cleaning up. You know, they're carrying beer out of the arena. And this is, this is fucking terrible. I should toss them 20 or 40 bucks. But they're carrying beer out of the arena. And the group of guys I was standing around with, they had this snowmobile trailer that they were loading it into, and as quick as they were fucking loading it on this trailer, we were standing there fucking drinking it. Then the darts come out. And listen, I don't smoke. I don't. People think I smoke, but I don't smoke. But Coxie likes having a good time. Coxie likes banging back Bud Lights. Coxie likes ripping darts, and Coxie likes talking in third fucking person. So now I'm into the darts. I've had 312 Bud Lights, and I'm just, I'm rocking. I'm feeling it. I'm fucking, I'm in the zone, bro. So next thing you know, around the corner, oh, here comes the old lady. Not fucking happy with me. Not happy at all. She comes over. She doesn't, you know what, she was very good about it, though. She didn't cause a scene. She wasn't one of these wives or girlfriends that comes over and causes a scene and tells you that, Hey, fucking, let's go right now, man. Oh, she's not like that at all, actually. She came over and she just kind of stood there and just gave me a couple subtle looks, you know, that she wanted to go home and still I wasn't, no. I still wasn't fucking having any of it. I was like, no, I'm having, babe, babe, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time, leave me alone, babe, all right? So finally, finally I decided that, all right, I guess it's time to fucking go. So I go back. She had gone. She had left again. Actually, she had left. She came. She gave me the subtle looks. She let me know it was fucking time to go. So I finished up my beer, and I went and I go over to where the truck's parked. And here she is. She's fucking sleeping in the back seat, sleeping in the back seat, waiting for me to get to the truck. Well, we get in the truck, and, and um, <laughs> I wasn't driving. Anyways, I go to kiss her, and she basically punched me right in the fucking face because I'd been on the darts. Hey, rocket tastes like a fucking ashtray. So that was that was fucking interesting. I was breathing on her the whole way home. Nothing like, hey, women, women out there that listen, nothing like your drunk fuck of a husband or boyfriend that's been on the beers and the darts all night just intentionally breathing right in your face. Nothing like it, eh? Fuck, I bet you guys, I bet you women all love that. <laughs> I was laughing. She didn't think it was so funny. But she was very mad at me all the way home. And I was okay with it because I didn't have a care in the world. I just, I it's like it was like a reunion. It was like a return tour to the Sunderland Arena for me. It was great. I loved it. So, so yeah, so that's what I got up to on the weekend. It was a good time. It was good to get out and see people. It was good to get out. And see people smile, socialize, having a good time again. That was that was awesome. It was fun. And I I can't wait to do more of it, to be quite honest with you. I can't wait to do more of it. Jack and Jill season's here. Also got like five weddings this summer. Haven't been to a wedding in years, actually. I don't know if 
people I, I know just aren't getting married anymore. That's most of it because all my friends are already married with kids and I'm not. And that's my choice. And that's a different topic for a different day, let me tell you. Um, or people just quit inviting me to their weddings because I tend to be that guy at a wedding. You know, who the fuck is that guy? So, anyways, looking forward to it. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait. A lot of, uh, a lot of young people at this Jack and Jill too. And I guess there's been a, there's, I wouldn't call it a generation, but there is an age group there that, I mean, I'm sure they've known about Jack and Jill's, but through this whole COVID thing, they haven't, you know, they're 20, 21, 19 now. So they were like 16, 17. (coughs) Pardon me. When COVID came and shut everything down. So they've never experienced Jack and Jill's. And these people are fun to watch too, because you get the you get the fucking heroes there with their tapered jeans and their pointy toe cowboy boots <laughs> that think they're fucking badass country boys, and they they're just they're drinking whiskey, eh, Coxie? Having a whiskey tonight? Why aren't you drinking whiskey? Yeah, fuck. You'll see in about an hour why I'm not drinking whiskey tonight, because you're gonna be the guy getting punched out out in front of the arena instead of me. That's why I'm not drinking whiskey, fucking idiot. But um. They get going and they're power drinking, right? And they're fucking falling all over the place and they're making assholes of themselves and it's fun to watch. And the, the young girls, I find this, now listen, that, that made me sound like a pedophile, but what I mean by that is, um, younger ladies these days, they all, every single girl there was dressed exactly the same. A black tank top or a black top. Mom jeans and white running shoes, whether they're fucking Chuck Taylors, Air Force Ones, uh, the Converse, not the Chuck Taylor Converse, the other white Converse. Every single fucking broad dressed exactly the same except for one girl. One girl went out on the fucking edge here. She had a nice yellow tank top on with some leather pants. Now, I'll tell you what, it's been a long time since I've seen a lady wear leather pants. And I don't know, like, I guess this... This is the season to wear them because it's still a little, it's springtime. Summer hasn't hit. So it's springtime. So you can still, if you're a lady, you can still get away with wearing them because it's not just going to be a fucking sweaty mess in there. Like, because it's spring and it's still, because I would imagine that leather pants get pretty hot and they get pretty sweaty and Maybe a little fucking stank in there is what I'm guessing, but props to her. She was the only one dressed different, and fuck, let's listen. Let's call a spade a spade. It's never a bad thing to see a lady wearing leather pants, all right? I just wouldn't, I just, like I said, I don't want to be the guy peeling them off at the end of the night, fucking July 15th when it's 33 degrees outside, and you're at a Jack and Jill, and it's 42 degrees inside the venue, and She's been fucking line dancing to Shania Twain and Brooks and Dunn all night and cutting a fucking groove to Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, not interested in being that guy, let me tell you. That's the other thing about a Jack and Jill. It's always fucking good music. Just music that just makes you shake your fucking hips, eh? You know, like you get the, you get the classic country going. A lot of Brooks and Dunn. A lot of Brooks and Dunn at Jack and Jill's. A lot of Bruce Springsteen, you get some Bob Seger, you know. It's just, there's good tunes. They're, they're toe-tapping tunes. They get you shaking your hips. You get a couple, you get lubricated up, you get out on the dance floor, you really got no business being there, but you, you tempt your fate anyways. And another good thing, and I saw, I only saw one. 
The best thing about Jack and Jill's, especially at arenas where you're on the ice surface, so that concrete is like smooth as a baby's bottom, right? And usually it's got a clear coat to it. Well, you know what's coming. You know what's going to happen next. People are spilling drinks. They're dropping drinks. I saw a guy spit on the floor. Wasn't a big fan of that. I did say something to him about spitting on the fucking floor, but so the floor gets a little fucking slippery. And if you're if you're one of these wannabe country boys with your pony toe with your good sentence there with your pointy toe cowboy boots on, and you're I think they're a rubber sole. I fuck I don't even know, but no traction whatsoever. You're going down. Somebody's going down hard on the dance floor. Well, I saw a guy go down pretty hard. A buddy of mine, I don't know, he'd be about 6'2", 245, wearing Crocs. Now, he went down, and he fucking went down hard. Shook the whole fucking arena. I was actually talking to him, replacing the arena floor in the Sunderland barn after old, after old Beller. Yeah, after Beller decided to fucking come up to the bar with Coxie and get a couple beers and took a hard wipeout. And like I said, Beller's a big boy, and when a guy of that size goes down, people notice. But it's always so nobody. You never, you never get hurt. You never. If you're the person that takes the fucking fall, you never get hurt because you're usually so fucking wasted that it just doesn't hurt. But the next morning, I can guarantee Beller was feeling it. All right, I can fucking guarantee. But the poor guy. So we're walking towards the bar, and he takes fucking wipeout. Eats shit, just leg, one leg went this way, the other leg went that way. Don't know how his groin held together, to be quite honest. But now the people behind the bar want to cut him off, right? And, okay, that's fair, but I came to the rescue. I came to the because they didn't see exactly what happened. They just kind of saw him fall, and they noticed him getting back up to his feet. Well, I told the bartenders that I tripped him. No, I, no, don't cut him off. I tripped him. I tripped him. Yep, he, I tripped him because he's a, he's a dick. I don't like this guy, so I tripped them. Don't cut them off. So they didn't cut them off. I don't know if it was because they bought my story or they just thought that maybe he wasn't that drunk, but whatever. So so that's usually what you see at a Jack and Jill. And uh, you see people falling. You see people. It's just, yeah, I can't stress it enough. It's a good time. It was nice to get out and have a good time in that atmosphere. I think we've all been missing it. So, listen, I urge you people out there. If there's a card draw or a benefit dance or a Jack and Jill or a high school fucking reunion, those are always a good time, I think, eh? especially in small towns. I think high school, I haven't been to one yet, to be honest, but I tend to think that they would be a good time. Get out and have a good time. Get out and have your hair, let your hair down. Get out and drink too many beers, smoke some fucking cigarettes, and fucking get out and just, just have a time. You owe it to yourself. We've been through a two-year-long battle of being cooped up, caged up like a fucking wild animal, like I said. Just get out. You owe it to yourself. And maybe not the day after, because you're all going to get drunk and you're all going to be hungover. Two or three days after, you're going to thank yourselves and you're going to thank old Coxie Boy here for urging you to get out to one of these dances and just let loose. So that's my spiel on Jack and Jill's. Let's move on to the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs, okay? All right, listen. Ah, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. Let me state right off the hop 
I don't hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't even hate Leaf fans. I hate most Leaf fans, but I don't hate all Leaf fans. What I enjoy is watching the the role, the emotional roller coaster that is being a Leaf fan. I love watching Leaf fans have their hearts broken. Okay? And again, the Leaf, the Toronto Maple Leafs, again, lost in another Game 7 to a team that, that, hey, listen, they could have beat Tampa Bay. They could have beat Tampa Bay, but they didn't. And Leafs fans are, oh, my God, we're never going to win. We need to do this. We need to do that. And why couldn't this happen? And why couldn't that happen? And the, the refs fucked us. The refs fucked us. It's a conspiracy. Gary Bettman doesn't want a Canadian team to win the Stanley. Shut the fuck up. All right? That's not That's not a thing. Was there questionable refing in that series? Yes, there was. Take a look around the fucking league. Take your take your blinders off there, Leafs fans. Take your blue-colored fucking glasses off. Refereeing has been an issue all through the first round. Okay, every series has had referee issues. It's not just you guys. The league isn't out to fuck you, all right? If anybody's out to fuck you, it's Kyle Dubas and the boys. Brandon Shanahan up there dangling the carrot in front of you Leaf fans. Putting a product on the ice that is right there. Every year, they're right there. They're knocking on the door of winning the Stanley Cup. They're considered a they're considered a cup contender. They knock on the door winning the Stanley Cup. And what do they do? They make you Leaf fans fall in love with the team every year. They make you Leaf fans pay the highest ticket prices in the fucking league. They make you Leaf fans pay the highest prices for beer and food in the league to go see a fucking Leaf game. Why? Because they know that all you fucking suckers are going to hand out your hard-earned dough to go and watch a hockey team that you that you have a love-hate relationship play. It doesn't matter how bad they are, you're going to go. Okay? You're going to buy the fucking jersey. You're going to buy the memorabilia. You're going to buy the game-used fucking stick. Okay? And... Leafs Brass knows this. They could literally put the 32nd place team on the ice, and all you fucking Leaf fans are going to spend just as much money. And here's the other thing. Every fucking Leaf fan that goes to a Leaf game is going to post this picture of him or herself at the Leaf game with a beer in their hand. I'm convinced that you actually cannot go to a fucking Leaf game without taking a picture of yourself there. Because you think you're fucking sweet because you're at a Leaf game. We get it. You like sports, okay? You don't post yourself at pictures of a fucking Jays game, do you? Some of you do, but it's not It's not as prevalent as you people going to a Leafs game. Nobody's posting all these pictures of themselves going to a Raptors game. Again, some of you do, but not not like it is with the Leafs. Not like it is at a Leafs game. I'm convinced... That you can't go to a Leafs game without posting a picture of yourself at the game. Anyhow, back to the Leafs themselves. Listen, everybody fucking relax, okay? 
The Leafs are in a tough spot. The Leafs have a very good hockey team. Are they missing a few pieces? Maybe. Maybe. I think the biggest problem that the Leafs have right now is their division. Okay? The Leafs are playing in arguably the toughest division in the NHL. Any other division except maybe the, I think it's the Pacific with like Colorado and Calgary. I think that's the Pacific division. Anyways, any other division and the Leafs are winning the division, which means they play one of the wild card teams. Okay, which means this year they would have played either Washington or Boston. And me being a Boston fan, <coughs> pardon me, I'm quite convinced that this was the year the Leafs beat Boston. I'm also very convinced that this was the year the Leafs beat Boston in a very convincing fashion, probably five or six games. And I can go out on a limb and say that now because they didn't have to fucking play each other. All right. So I can say that and get away with it. But. No, the Leafs play in the toughest division. Okay, you got Florida, who is an absolute wagon. You've got Tampa Bay, who I feel like has taken a step back, but, but, Tampa Bay survives on their experience. Okay, they're back-to-back fucking cup winners. That's not an easy thing to do. I do think that the Tampa Bay team is running on empty, but like I said, they've got the experience they know what it takes to get the job done. And that that is what made the difference in Game 7. It's like when you're a young stud men's league team and you all come out a junior, right? And you guys set the fucking world on fire. And then you get into the playoffs and you play a team of like, like not old guys, but like early 30s, maybe mid 30s, and they just bottle you up. They just know how to shut the game down. They just know how to slow the game down to their play pace, and they know how to dictate the play. That's what Tampa Bay did to the Leafs in the games in in four games. So the Leafs, my point is, the Leafs are a victim of being in a tough, tough, tough division. Any other division, I think you see the Leafs win their first round. After that, I can't really comment because that's when you get into the nitty gritty. Okay, that's when the, the, the weak teams are weeded out typically. The underdog teams, whatever, they're kind of weeded out, right? And that's when you get into the, to the tougher hockey. So just relax, Leaf fans. You're, you, you have a good hockey team. Okay. Jack Campbell, I think, still sucks. And that's a shout out to my one buddy. You know who you are, who keeps defending Jack Campbell. And, and listen, if the Leafs are missing some pieces, I still believe they need a stud defenseman, and I believe they need a consistent. I'm not going to say a bona fide. I'm not going to say a superstar number one goalie. They need a consistent number one goalie. And if there's one thing Jack Campbell isn't, it's consistent. All right? It's my opinion. So just relax. Exhale. The Leafs are in a good spot. Do they need some, some, some more sandpaper? Yes, they do. Do they have Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons? Yes, they do. And it's of my opinion that, that Leafs Brass has the right idea with having those two guys on the roster. They just need younger versions of those guys. And those guys are hard to find. And the other thing about those guys is the teams that have those young guys, a young version of Wayne Simmons, a young version of Kyle Clifford, those teams aren't giving those guys up because they know they're hard to find. So Leafs fans, relax, take a deep breath. And this is tough for me to say, all right? 
but you're going to be fine. Okay? Tampa Bay is on the decline. Boston is on the decline. Buffalo, Montreal, who fucking cares about them, actually? <clears throat> Buffalo should actually have their NHL franchise revoked because that thing's been a tire fire longer than the Edmonton Oilers who, whatever, it is what it is. All you really got to do, in my opinion, if you're Toronto, is you got to outlast Florida, which I believe is going to be tough because Florida is a little bit younger than the Leafs. And if they can keep that core together, Florida Florida's going to be a challenge for a long time. But I think the Leafs, you got to outlast Florida in that division. And I think you're going to, you, once you do that, you're going to get to where you want to be. So that's my opinion on the Leafs. That's the Cox Talks podcast for this week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your patience. I appreciate it. I'm sorry I didn't get this out a little bit earlier. I had one fellow um, is a follower on Twitter. I converse with him quite often. He's got a, the largest fucking cranium I've ever seen in my life. He said, wow, if you were more organized, you'd have had uh, pre-recorded episodes. Yeah, well, my aunt had nuts. She'd be my fucking uncle, bud. So what do you think about that? Hey, hey, buds. Yeah, full fucking... Go fucking stretch that tilly hat around that fucking chrome dome of yours and <laughs> get out and do some fucking farming or something. So, listen, again, that's it. That's all for this week's episode of the Cox Talks Podcast. Thanks for listening. Sorry about the audio. Uh, we'll be better moving forward. And uh, don't forget, oh, one last thing. Don't forget, still got lots of hats. Okay, still got lots of Cox Talks hats for sale. Get a hold of me somehow. Let me know you want a Cox Talks hat. They're $30. Fuck off with complaining about the price. You'll all spend $30 on a fucking Leafs hat for your kids. Spend $30 on a Cox Talks hat for yourself. They're sleek. They're cool. They're comfortable. And the chicks dig them. All right? Thanks for listening. The most important thing about the Cox Talks podcast, tell your friends. Tell your fucking friends about the Cox Talks podcast. Thanks for listening.